and Soul Podcast. I'm grateful you are tuning in today. I'm Shauna Hall, a self-love and mindset coach, teaching you how to align your life through mindset shifts, spirituality, and manifestation. Each week, I'll be giving you tips designed to help you create a passionate, purposeful, high-vibe reality that you love. If you're ready to align your glow, you're in the right place. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Ashley Beeman, who is a master NLP practitioner and a coach who coaches other coaches to guide women to confidently build profitable social media brands while living a balanced life. We talk about so many great things today in the podcast. I think you will love this episode. Just a few topics that we discuss are being sober curious and how Ashley managed, managed is not the right word, how Ashley lived while not drinking for over 400 days and some of the lessons that she learned and the changes that happened in her body. We talk about how to live a more balanced life as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a busy person, as we all are. And of course, my favorite topic is how to manifest and some really fun, simple ways to start attracting in what you desire. So I think you will really, really like this episode. It is great. It's relatable, I think, to anybody and everybody. And at the very end of the episode, you can learn on how to work with Ashley if you are a coach interested in launching a brand new program, which she is coming out with next month in December. So as always, welcome back to the Align Your Glow and Soul podcast. So excited to have Miss Ashley on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. And my first question for everybody is how do you align your glow and soul? Oh, that's a great question. How do I align my glow, my, my soul and my glow? Is that what you said? Yes. And it does, you can answer them as a combined one individually, whatever feels good. For me, it's really about tapping into what feels good for me and running my life and my business just in a way that that works for me. Right. Like, um, I think so often we look towards other people to see how our life should be, how our business should be when we all are different. And so when I can tap into myself with my self-awareness and really figure out how I flow through life and business and different things, then that's really when I can tap into that. I feel like that is so good and such a good reminder too, because we are constantly comparing ourselves to others and it's not, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's just this human nature, right? We're looking on social media. We have an inner group of, of friends. We've have people we went to college with, we have mom groups. And so we're constantly like, Oh, what are you doing? Oh, maybe I should do that. And so what a beautiful reminder to just tap into you and be okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. I find too, that like a lot of times we'll look at how other people's lives are and we're like, okay, we should, you know, that quote unquote should be doing things this way or that way. And In reality, it's like, okay, we can get ideas from other people, but what really feels good and works good for you um, is really going to put you in alignment, I feel like. Yes. Ooh, we're just going to jump right into that. That word should. I hate that word so much. 
and I don't use hate lightly. I think we should eliminate the word completely from our vocabulary and replace it with something much more aligned. So what do you say to your clients who say something like that? Like I should be doing this or I should be there or she's there. I should be there too. Yeah. I I don't like the word either. So I, if somebody comes to me and they feel like they should be doing something, then I like to dig into why they feel that way. And if it's because they're looking at other people or they're wanting their business to look like somebody else's, then I want to dig further in and find out like what it is that they actually want. Um, one of my favorite sayings is like, don't want what you don't want. And I feel like with, especially with social media, we see what other people are doing. And then we automatically think, well, I quote unquote should want that. (laughs) And we start chasing towards these goals that we actually don't like. And that's why we feel frustrated because we don't actually want those things, but we're working towards them and we're not getting, getting anywhere. When, if we would just align to what we actually would want to do, it's a lot easier to follow through even with like the ebbs and flows and things. Exactly. I agree a hundred percent. And again, it's hard when we are constantly looking at other people's feeds. And I think it's so easy to get caught up in the, oh, well, she went on this vacation. I should go on vacation or I should have a Louis Vuitton or I should go rent a plane or go on a fancy trip. And in reality, is it what actually feels right to you and in an alignment with you? And I think you'll get confused too with, well, what does that mean? And how do I know it's right? And what are some best practices that you use to really tune in and tap into yourself? So that's, that's one of the things that I do is I, I love to journal a lot and I self-coach a lot through journaling, but asking myself, like the, the main question is like, what do you want? And if I can't come up with the answer to what do you want? I'll ask myself, what do you not want? So I'll start there. What do I not want? Okay. These are the things that I don't want. And now these are the things that I want. Um, I was in network marketing for a really long time. And at the end of my network marketing career, I, this is when I realized the don't want what you don't want. I realized that I was chasing goals that people had placed in my head that I thought that I wanted. And finally, I just, I remember driving down the road and it just, the universe or God or whoever just hit me in the face and was like, what are you doing? This isn't why you started this business in the first place. And that was like my first step into like self-awareness and, and seeing like, okay, um, I don't want this. Um, but what is it that you actually want? And then when I got into alignment with what I wanted, that's actually when I stepped into coaching and was able to start working towards the things that I wanted. And it felt so much better after that. Mm, I love that. So let's go back in time for just a moment and give us short, long version, whatever feels good to you on kind of your path, background, how you got to be a coach and really how you arrived to this present moment. Cause we're always on the journey, but kind of, you know, got you to this time, yeah. this moment. Absolutely. So I was in network marketing and direct sales for 12 years with my last company. I was, um, I was with them for eight years and I always would have people, I was a health and fitness coach with Beachbody and I would always have people coming to me, asking to coach them outside of, no, 
outside of the company. And my response was always, no, I don't do that. If you want to work with me, then you need to work with me through the company. And in 2019, I, I started working with my first coach outside of network marketing. And I saw what she was doing. I'm like, that is so cool. But I put this like limiting belief on myself that I couldn't start my own coaching business until I hit a certain income income level in my business. And so that summer, I just worked my tail off. Like I hustled my face off. My kids probably hated me that summer. <laughs> and I hit my highest income level that I ever hit. And then the next month I hit my lowest because I was completely burnt out. And that's when I had that conversation with myself in the car. Like, what are you doing? Why did you really start this? And I started it because I wanted freedom. I wanted time freedom. I wanted freedom in my business. Um, and I absolutely loved coaching people. And so that was kind of the moment I decided that I was going to answer these people who were asking me to coach them and start my own coaching business. Um, there were, there were some other things that had gone on too with that kind of pushed me out. Um, but that's basically where it started from. So I loved being on social media built. I've been building my brand, um, since like 2011 when Facebook was, you know, the king of all social media platforms. And I, I have so much fun doing that. So I love teaching other people how to do that too. Ooh, that's so fun. So how do you balance it all? You know, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a sister, you know, a daughter, you're, you've got, you and your husband have a construction business. Like you've got a lot going on and I'm sure there's challenges with that. So to whether it's a mom or a just person who is looking to maybe start something new and it doesn't necessarily need to be a business, but really like, what would you say to them to kind of get off the ground to make sure they are balanced? I know it's a long question, but you know, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So my number one thing is rule number one. I am number one. So I have to take care of myself in order to be the best person that I can be in all areas of my life. Um, and then I ask for help. Like I, I literally like that is a, a key thing. You know, they say that it takes a village to raise kids. It definitely takes a village to raise kids, but it also takes a village to grow a business. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the best things that we did was hire an office manager. So I, I don't do a ton with the construction business. Um, and we kind of took it, I took a step back from that, but I still am involved in the daily things with it. Just, I have extra help. So um, and then having that self-awareness. So I also have ADHD and I am unmedicated for that because I was, I used to be addicted to Adderall. So I can't take any medication for my ADHD, but what I learned through that process is that how I function. So I know that like some days, and it's usually like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I will get done more than most people can get done. I'm also a manifesting generator. So that <laughs> ties into that, but I can get like double the amount of work done in two days that most people would get done in a week. Mm -hmm. And so I finally have learned to drop the guilt and drop the shame on the days where I'm taking a bit of a break or I'm not getting as much work done because I know there's going to be at least two days a week where I am going to push out more. Um, but the big focus for me of doing it all is making sure that I'm taking care of myself, making sure that I'm getting my sleep, making sure that um, I'm exercising is huge for me. Um, and then just asking for help and even hiring help out, help out if you need that. 
I often see a ton of women, especially younger moms struggle with a lot of things, not even like starting, you know, a business, but really just getting back into their focus of just focusing on them and making their health a priority and stepping away, not just like releasing, but, you know, I think a lot of new moms struggle with the identity of I'm just a mom. And then, and we're so much more than that, right. You know, you definitely don't have to just be a mom. What would you say to that person who is kind of in that phase of their like journey of trying to realign who they are and find their truth? I would say to surrender. I know that it's the hardest thing that you can do, but really like enjoying every single moment because one day you're going to wake up and your kid's going to be 10 and you're, you know, it's going to be like, holy, holy cow, how did he, he get to be 10 years old already? And so for me, it's just like living in the present moment and knowing that one day you're going to look back and you're going to see all of, you know, the memories and things happen. And there's, you, you do have time and every stage that your kids goes grow through is going to be a different stage right now. My kids are super busy. Um, they are involved in a lot of things. However, at the same time, like they're at school right now, um, from the time they get dropped off until like five o'clock at night. So I actually end up having a lot more time to myself than I did when they were younger, um, because they're involved in sports and that sort of thing. But my advice would just to surrender and be patient and to carve out that time for yourself, whether it be waking up earlier in the morning or staying up later, or, you know, making sure that you have some kind of time for yourself. I think that was one thing that I made sure that I did throughout the whole time. My kids, like I've had my kids, obviously when they're smaller and they're babies, you're going to want to get your sleep. So get your sleep. (laughs) Um, but making sure you have a way asking for help to carve out that time for yourself. Mm, that's good. And I think a lot of women also deal with that guilt of, oh, I can't, I can't, right. I am a new mom. I can't step away. I can't leave the house. My husband can't do it, blah, blah, blah. So how do you get over that guilt of wanting to carve out that time for yourself? That's a great question. Um, so I think for me, I never really had a lot of guilt about like, if my husband was like having the kids for like an hour or something, but I, I would travel a lot for, um, retreats and business things and that sort of thing. And that mom guilt still comes up to this day. However, somebody told me this one time and it was so powerful is the fact that as much as you need a break from your kids, your kids need a break from you. And they need time to be able to find out who they are without you. And they need time to be able to have relationships with other people. And, um, I remember I was putting my kid into daycare, but I was, I was building my business from home and he he was only in daycare for a couple hours, but I had somebody say something like negative and nasty to me about putting my kid into daycare. And so I kind of went down that spiral. And that's when a friend said to me, like, it's okay for him to go to daycare for a couple hours. Um, so he can make friends and he can socialize and he can be away from you. And so that's something that I always remind myself of if I'm going on a trip or I'm going to be gone overnight or something like that is that they need that time. They need that time with their dad. They need that time with their grandparents. Um, and they need to discover who they are. And the more that I take care of myself and do things that light me up, it makes me a better mom. So true. And I think just going back to 
really developmental psychology and attachment, your children need to create a secure attachment with you. And they can't do that. If you are a helicopter parent, there is no, way, and I've seen it working in mental health time after time, moms to come in and do every single thing for their children. And they're, you know, these, their children are no longer children, right? They're young adults. And it's like, Ooh, you are not helping them at all with yeah. this. Absolutely. I actually just finished reading that book attached. Um, and that was very interesting to, to look at. And so now I'm always looking at how my relationships with different things are. And that's, it's so true. Like I have style in general. <laughs> and so I have to make sure to not put that on my children. <laughs> right. So switching gears a little bit, what is, not what is, what um, I read on your um, Instagram lately is you had talked about kind of the hustle mindset and I got the vibe. It was not something you agree with. So what talk about this hustle culture that we live in and why we should just, again, with another word, we shouldn't be, I agree. I think hustle is a bad word too. How we can get away from this story that we tell ourselves, society says, whether, you know, hustling as a mom or hustling as an entrepreneur or just, you know, anything you can really apply it to an example. Why should we not be doing that? Yeah. So for the longest time, I, I was the girl who hustled her. I say hustle her face off. I was working all the time attached to my phone. And what I realized is I was working for this time freedom. Right. But I was, I didn't have any time freedom. Even eight years later, I didn't have any time freedom. And so, you know, I I don't, I think we go through seasons. I will say this. I think that we go through seasons where we do work a little bit harder and we do sacrifice some things, but I don't think that we need to sacrifice our entire life away in order to build the things that we want. I feel like a lot of times we spend a lot of time, like quote, when we're quote unquote hustling, we're not actually doing things that are productive. And so for me, like with my business, one of the things that I do is I keep things super simple and, um, you know, done is better than perfect in my eyes. I just think that we have this one life to live. There's always going to be more work to do. There's always going to be more money to make and the work that we do now pays off later. So make sure that you're putting time into your day, into your week to actually sit down and enjoy your life and be present. And honestly, it's the hardest thing that you can do, especially when you look on social media and you see people posting you know, constantly, or they're always there and you feel like you have to do the same thing. Um, but in reality, I feel like a lot of people all have that same feeling. And, um, when you can get into, I used to say that balance, am I allowed to use a bad word? Heck yeah, go for it. <laughs> I used to say that balance was bullshit. And that's because I didn't have any balance. And once I found like what works for me and that balance, I was like, no balance is like the superpower. Once you can figure out, yeah, of course there's always going to be, when you say yes to something, you're always going to be saying no to something else, but you can find that balance in what feels good for you. So one of the main things that I like to do is like, okay, what are my top three priorities? And this changes, it could change every month. It could change every quarter. Um, what am I focusing on at the moment? And those three things get my main attention and everything else is like a no, you know, mm, what it, and it, that's such a great way to filter down too. Cause there's a lot going on. Life is hard, especially if you have a family, friends, all the things, unless you're like living in a cave by yourself, you've got a lot going on. So <laughs> really being able to 
ground down and be able to just focus. And as you said earlier, make it simple instead of stressful and anxious. I love that. What about those people who are uncomfortable with either not hustling or focusing on themselves? You know, how does, how does one become comfortable with the uncomfortable? (laughs) I still feel uncomfortable when I slow down. So I think that it's always a work in progress. Um, But one of the things that I say is you're already uncomfortable. So, you know, you're comfortable. Okay. You're comfortably uncomfortable. So why not get uncomfortable, you know, in a way that doesn't feel so it doesn't feel normal to you so that you can get to the next level. A lot of times what I find is when people slow down, they actually speed up. Like when people slow down, their business actually takes off. I actually worked with a client on last month or in September. And I was working with her to get her business going. And we, we came to the conclusion that she needed to take a step back and she got off social media altogether. And like, she started, she got a new job offer. All of these things came in. So I think when we slow down and we just kind of let things happen, obviously still take action. Um, but new opportunities show up, new things happen. And so just getting uncomfortable with being still is hard, especially in this world that we live in, but we need the rest and we need to, to slow down. Totally agree. We need to create the space to have nothing to do. We cannot Mm -hmm. continue to stack things back to back to back to back, because when we slow down, as you said, that's when opportunities open up that we didn't even knew were possibilities or were available to us in the first place. And when we're cramming our schedule with a million things to do, one, it's just, it's not mentally good for you. It really is. (laughs) Two, it doesn't give us time to decompartmentalize, you know, meditate if you need to meditate, turn inward, and it doesn't allow magic. I always say that's like, it doesn't give you any magic. Like you're slammed. How is anything magical going to happen? Because you're not giving the space for it. Exactly. Or you're even, you're like your creativity. Like I find when I actually slow down, like I have more content that flows through me or I have more ideas for programs or, um, just different things in, in life that you can be able, that you can do. So, yes, I totally agree hundred percent. And I just preach it all the time. I, so I work, you know, full-time mental health. And one of the reasons why I know I maintain a healthy mental like status because working in mental health is hard. And I tell my, all my employees, there's always going to be something to do. You're never not going to be busy. There's always going to be a to-do list that never finishes. You never check off all the way. So work your eight hours and go home, like clock out, leave. It's going to be there tomorrow. Life will be okay. And don't worry about it. Like take advantage of the fact that you're in an hourly position and you don't need to stress. Don't even bring it on yourself right now. A thousand percent. Actually just, I can share this. He's out there, but I just had this conversation with my husband because he wants to go hunting this weekend. But we've been in a season where we're super busy with our construction business. And he's like, well, there's more work to do. And finally I told him, I said, listen, there's going to always be more work to do. There's always going to be more money to make. And you've sacrificed so many weekends this year, like go take two days for yourself and go, go out there and go hunting. Like it's going to be there when you come back, we're not going to be in any different position on Monday. Uh, if you take these two days off and you're probably going to fill yourself up 
a lot more and be able to be the better boss and the better person that you need to be in order to get these things done. Mm, yes, totally agree. And take the time off. Oh my God. People who don't take time off. It's like a badge of honor for people. I'm like, no, there's nothing honorable about that. Go take a vacation, step away from the business, relax, detach from your phone, from social media, from the workplace, and just like be present. Mm -hmm. That's where the magic happens in that present moment. (laughs) Yes. Agreed. hundred percent. So speaking of magic, I see you speak about manifestation every once in a while on your content. So what are some good manifestation hacks? I love to talk about the subject. I could, this could be a podcast all by itself, but you know, what are some like, just some good tips for people to attract in what they desire to really align themselves and kind of open themselves up to what the universe may have in store for them? Yes. So, so many things. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, we could be here all day. Uh, (laughs) The power, and you know, this, uh, the power of the subconscious mind and really focusing on what it is that you want rather than what it is that you don't want. So like I was talking about at the beginning, like, what do you want? And ask yourself that question over and over and over again, until you get like that answer that gives you that feeling like in your body, it might be in your, you know, might be in your stomach or it might be excited in your head or something, but finding that thing that you want and then being self-aware of the thoughts that you're having, release the judgment, release the shame, release the guilt, all the things. And when you're start to focusing on what you don't want, say like, nope, okay, no, back over here. I'm going to focus on where I'm going. Um, and then also creating that feeling that you want to feel. So when you get that thing that you're trying to manifest, like, how is that going to make you feel? And how can you start to have that feeling now? How can you start to cultivate that feeling into your daily life? Um, and then another really, I actually just shared this on um, an Instagram reel the other day. One of my favorite ways to write like a vision letter, everyone's you know, vision boards, vision letters is great. But if you are a content creator, um, one of the things that I like to do is instead of writing a vision letter, I'll write a vision post. So let's say I had like a goal, um, we'll just use income as an example, but let's say I had a a goal of hitting a certain income amount um, for a month. What I will do is I will write out the post that I'm going to post once I hit that income goal. Um, and I'll save that like in the notes section of my phone or in my journal or something, but any, anything that I do, I will write out the post just because that's how my, my, I'm a content creator. So I love to create content and that's how it works, but it's, it's fun to like play around with different ways to do vision letters and stuff like that. Mm, I do that too. And I need to get back into that, but I used to, or am see present moment. Um, <laughs> I love writing in my journal the manifestation as if I have it. So yeah, last year, wasn't last year I was on this job hunt. So I quit my job, wasn't working. And I was like, all right, I have, um, my ideal job. I, you know, and then all the, all the things I wanted, right. With this, with this goal. Um, and I, I wrote it out, like I had it in this moment, how I felt, what I was doing. You know, I didn't list the company obviously, cause I didn't know what company I was going to be working for, but all the values I wanted. And I'm telling you every time I take that approach with manifesting and journaling it's I don't want to say easy because that's not the right word but it comes with ease um and it comes in ways that I never really thought 
are going to happen. And, um, yeah, it's a great, great tool. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about, and I think this is something, I mean, I definitely struggle with that is, so you have this goal, you have this manifestation, right? You want to attract in, and let's just say it's something very specific. You have five things that you want, whatever you're trying to attract in, whether it's a partner, a job, um, a situation, whatever it may be. And so you're like, okay, I'm visualizing this. I'm, you know, you're journaling and something comes into your energetic field, but it's only three of the five things you want. What do you do? Do you take it? Do you not? Do you wait? Like what's a good piece of advice for that kind of situation? So as if we look at human design, I'm a non-specific manifester. (laughs) So I'm typically not super specific with the things that I'm manifesting. I more go off of like a feeling and that sort of thing. Um, but I always like at the end, if I'm writing like in my journal and it's something very specific, it's this or something better. Mm. So if something shows up, you know, in a different, and that's the other thing too, is like things can show up in so many different ways. And, um, I, I would say go for it because <laughs> you never know what could happen, right? You never know if that person that you had connected with only had three things on your list, who they could connect you with or what kind of doors could open up for you. So obviously feel into your intuition. Um, but I always surrender the way that things are going to happen. Um, and, and really just trust. I actually, when I was talking about my network marketing business, I had this goal of making $8,000 a month and I had hit, I think I hit like $5,000 And I just, I was like, I need to hit that $8,000. And finally I surrendered and I said, okay, it's just gonna, it's, it's going to be this or something better. And it's going to come in however it came comes in. And as soon as I surrendered and slowed down and got present and started to feel those feelings that I wanted to feel, I randomly got two checks in the mail from insurance that were, that was $8,000. Like literally it was like 30 days and these two checks showed up and I'm like, oh, okay, I hear you now. Like don't have such a chokehold on how things are going to happen because you never know how they could come into your life. Mm, I love stories like that. It's so <laughs> freaking cool. What can happen if you surrender and are just open? Like, you know, the goal, right? You, your goal is $8,000. So just being open to having to come into however way, whatever way possible. Um, and yeah. I, I've read so many stories about that and I've had the same thing happen. I had very, very similar goal. I had a goal. I think it was last year where I was like, all right, I, for pages coaching course, I was like, all right, I want to pay for this coaching course. You know, it was like $4,400, something like that. And so at the beginning of the year, that was my goal. I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I have savings, but I want to bring in additional funds to pay for this code, this course. And so, you know, it was working, but I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm open. I just know it'll happen. I have until August. That's the goal. And I got a check from, there was like a lawsuit that I got like $1,500 for. And then like, it was crazy how this money just started appearing and the check, which was interesting, went to my parents' house and I hadn't lived there in five years, but the school still had their address on file for where the lawsuit occurred. And I was like, Oh, what if it got lost or what if it got forwarded? You know, there was so many possibilities for me not receiving that money, but it was just crazy how it all just. That's so cool. Depression. (laughs) I love it. Um, what do you say to those who maybe are just getting into manifestation, maybe just hearing about it. And 
I mean, I know when I first heard the word, I was like, what are you talking about? What is this manifestation? You know, I thought it was very mystical and magical. I didn't really understand it. So what's the fastest way for somebody to really, um, just, you know, conceptualize what manifestation is and how we're, you know, how we're actually doing it all the time. Yeah. Um, I would just say like, have fun with it and figure out like you might there, there, like, like you said, we're manifesting all the time, whether we realize it or not, you know, our thoughts are what brings in our creates our reality. And when we start to be aware of that, it could be super powerful. And at first you might feel like it is just not like, like woo woo or crazy or something like that. But, you know, you still have to put, it's not like you just write the thing down. Okay. I want to make $8,000. And then you sit back and you do nothing. Like you're still putting, you're still taking action. You're still doing the things. And so it's, it's just playing around with it and finding like what feels good to you and, and how you can do it. And then once you start to realize like how powerful it is, you really can start to create the life that you want. And so just tapping into different, like, like podcasts, like this one, um, different books and things like that, just to help you get your knowledge and just start to get curious. Um, there's definitely been some manifestation people that I've listened to. I can't think of who they are off the top of my head, but that like, maybe I've not agreed with the ways that they, they go about things. Or like I said, like I am, I know for certain that I'm a non-specific manifester. So I don't typically focus on manifesting something super, super specific. I look at, um, you know, my feelings and stuff. So there's, it's a deep dive, but it's also really, really simple, right? Like, it's like, let's just focus on where we want to go, what we want to feel, and then start to take the action towards that. And then the rest kind of aligns. Do you have a preferred or a favorite exercise that you introduce people to, to kind of test out their manifestation skills? Yeah, for me, it's definitely journaling. Um, I have been journaling for a really long time. And so I will, um, use journaling and just writing out how, like, like you said, in the present moment, like what I want to feel, um, like the fact that it's already happened and things like that. So I, I start with that with people. That's a good one. I like to, um, have a client, like come up with, you know, what's your favorite animal? What do you love? And try to not try, but like, think about that. And then I'm not exaggerating 10 out of 10 times, they'll have this animal come to them in then like two or three days in some weird way though. Like they won't see it, but it'll be on like a sticker on a car or on a poster or, you know, other things like that. Yes. That I love that because that's something that they can see right away. And that's super powerful. Yes. Okay. Last question for you. And then we'll wrap up as I cannot believe the time is just flying by. Um, you are sober and you have not drank for, I think you are over a year, right? Yes. So I'll be completely honest. I did a year of no alcohol. I did 400 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I have drank a couple times this year, but for the most, like 99.9% of the time I am, um, no longer drinking alcohol and it has been a life changer for sure. Mm, okay. So tell us, you know, why you stopped. What was your biggest lesson during your 400 days of no alcohol intake? 
So alcohol has always been a part of my family's life. Like it's always been a thing. That's just what people did. They drank. Um, I've been drinking since I was in high school and I wouldn't necessarily say that I was an alcoholic. I didn't necessarily have a healthy relationship with alcohol. Um, and a couple times I had tried to do like three weeks of no alcohol, or one time I did this health and fitness program where I did 93 days without alcohol. And I just felt so much clarity. And so every once in a while I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do a whole year without alcohol. And then the next weekend I'd be drinking again. And, um, finally I saw a couple people on social media do a year of alcohol being alcohol free. And it was in 2020 when everything was closed down and, um, (laughs) the construction community, they like to drink, (laughs) I will say that. And so we would have every, cause the bars were closed. So everybody would be at our house in our driveway drinking. And we started drinking quite a bit and I just, just did not feel good. And I just was so ready to feel like, okay, what would happen if I actually didn't drink for an entire year? And I was going to do it the whole, I was going to start on January 1st of 2021. And we went out, um, for a friend or a girl's weekend. And I just woke up and I'm like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And like, why am I waiting to start? So I started on November 15th of 2020 and I went 400 days and my biggest lesson, like there's so many lessons. I can't like think of like the biggest one would just be like, you can have fun without alcohol. You can feel so much better. I didn't realize how bad that alcohol was making me feel. And even if I wasn't drinking all of the time, like, I think it's a, I think I've learned that it stays in your system for at least eight days after you have a drink. Mm. And so it was really interesting to see like my skin changed, um, my, the clarity that I had, my sleep was the biggest, biggest change. Like I sleep like a baby and before I would have had a horrible, horrible sleep. Um, and just the energy and, and just the fact that I, I could be around people who were drinking and, and I could enjoy myself. And, you know, I was always searching for that, like confidence within myself with alcohol. And I found that without it. And that was super, super powerful. That was a really long answer. (laughs) No, that was great. And I think you touched on a lot of different things. You know, we are in a culture and it's everywhere, right? It's not just in the U S where alcohol is a acceptable drug. And let's be honest, alcohol is a drug is a legal drug that we, you know, it's everywhere, right? It's in advertisements, it's in sports events, it's in concerts. It's just, it is part of our culture. It's almost like water, right? (laughs) Where you see water, alcohol. And so we get into this mindset of it's normal to consume alcohol all the time. And you mentioned a couple of things like health benefits. Number one, I didn't know that it stays in your system for eight days. And so I stopped drinking October 1st. Um, and I'm on a journey as well because I was in the same mindset. You know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't abusing alcohol, but I've worked in addiction for a while. And that's kind of where it starts. It's like that very fine line of, okay, I want to quit, but I can't because X, Y, and Z. And maybe you're not addicted in the sense of you have to have it like your body's used to it. That's a different addiction, but you're in, you're addicted in the sense of you need it to socialize or you need it to feel confident, as you said, or you need it because you're hanging out with the girls or whatever, right? There's a million reasons why we quote unquote need to have alcohol. And 
I noticed, and it's only been what, what's today, the second. So, you know, I'm a little over a month. I already lost, you know, five pounds. Um, I feel better. Like, and that's interesting that you said eight days in your system. So I just noticed that's why I stopped too, is I just kept feeling so inflamed all the time. Even if I only had one, one drink a week, I still just feel so bloated and gross and not comfortable in, you know, like a swimsuit or my favorite pair of jeans. And I was like, okay, like enough is enough. (laughs) So I love that you really just touched upon all the different areas of how you kind of transformed without consuming alcohol for, you know, a little over a year. Yeah. And it was really like experiencing life for the first time again, because alcohol was such a big part of everything that we did. Like, okay, we're going here. Like, okay, who's going to drive? Who's going to do this? And now it's just like, okay, no, I'll drive. (laughs) You know, um, it was, it was really interesting to do that. And there were a lot of times that, you know, it wasn't easy. It's, it's easy now. I don't even think about it. It's like not even a, a thing. Um, but there were times where I was like super uncomfortable, like, okay, like, what do you do with your hands when you're somewhere, you know, <laughs> or, um, kind of like, just, some water just to have like a cup <laughs> or you'll start to realize like, well, for me, one of the things I realized is like, there were certain people that I was around just because I was drinking. I'm like, Oh, well, I don't really want to be around those people. Um, but it, it, it really helped me slow down. Um, when we were talking earlier, you know, about slowing down, that was one of the things that I allow myself to do was be bored. Like I had to allow myself to be bored and it was such a great lesson too, because I could give that lesson to my kid and my kids. And then now when they're bored, I'm just like, okay, well, enjoy being bored because it's good for you. (laughs) You know, we don't need to constantly numbing out. Yes. And that was another reason why I was like, I have to stop because I would come home and I would be bored. I would come home, you know, I stopped drinking a while ago, coming home after being stressed out at work, but I would come home and I'd be like, okay, you know, I had a great day at work. I'm, I worked out. I, you know, maybe whatever I did the chores in the house and now I don't have anything to do. Okay. Let's drink. It's like, well, that's not really the healthiest thing to be doing. Yes. And I'm really loving, like, I am seeing a lot of people now, like stepping into like the sober curious, um, realm. And I, I absolutely love it. And I feel like we are getting more information out about alcohol. Like you said, it's a drug and it's like one of the most widely accept, you know, accepted drugs. And it just makes me happy that people are getting informed about it. I, it's not that I judge anybody for drinking or whatever. Do you, do you, you know, it's like whatever you want to do. Um, but the conversation of, okay, yeah, this is harmful. And this is making, you know, you feel a certain way and stuff. It just, it, it, it's crazy how much my skin has changed since I quit drinking, like insane. (laughs) That's interesting. And how long did it take for you to notice kind of your skin transformation? I would say a good three months. Ooh. Okay. That's interesting. So fun facts. So, you know, we're, we're doing family planning, you know, I'm, I don't know what I've, I forget the term that I've listened to, but, um, I guess pre preconceiving planning and, your eggs and sperm take 90 days to re basically refresh and recycle. So when you're consuming alcohol, it actually does not just impact your, um, GI section. It impacts your fertility, impacts your eggs, it impacts your sperm. And I've done that to my boyfriend. I was like, okay, we both have to stop drinking because 
you know, I want us to have the best opportunity to conceive. And he was like, oh, like he kind of was like, whatever. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, listen, like, like if we want to conceive soon, we need to have the best chance we can have. And so we like, I started drinking a month ago. I think he's going to stop drinking next month, but he was like, okay. I'm like, yeah, it's just alcohol really does impact everything in your body. Oh, so many things. Um, so many things. There's actually a, a really good, uh, another podcast. Um, I believe it, it's the Huber, Huberman lab podcast. He did one on alcohol. It's really long, but it's really informative. And that's like the one I send to people when they want to learn what alcohol actually does to your body. Cause it's, it's crazy. You know, we, we look at cigarettes and we think, oh, that's disgusting, but really we should be looking at alcohol the same way. And we don't, you know, Mm, I love it. And I'm going to make a section in the show notes called be sober curious. Cause I think <laughs> if you can be open to it and be curious about learning, just as we are, I think, as you said, cigarettes, right. We all know like gross, bad, don't do that. But there's other things that I think people look at as gross too. For example, processed food, junk food, McDonald's, whatever we look, Oh, that's gross. Why would you put that on your body? And it's like, well, you're drinking a beer right now. You just had five. So what about that? Yes, yes, yes. I I hear that all the time. And again, there's nothing. I think moderation is fine, right? And I I, I know I'll get to a place where I am drinking in a more healthy way than where I was. So again, moderation in anything, unless you know it's something crazy like hardcore drugs. Don't be doing those moderately, but (laughs) moderation. And it's just being knowledgeable about what are you doing to your body? Cause you only have one body and it's all you get in this lifetime and yes. being open to, I mean, what, like, how are you taking care of that temple? Um, and I know it sounds cliche, but it's, it's, all, no. it's all you get. Yeah, absolutely. So to wrap it up, how can people, if somebody is interested in say they're already an online coach or they're in an online space, they're an entrepreneur, or even maybe they're starting out to be an entrepreneur. So I know that is your specialty teaching people, all things, content and creation. How can people find you connect with you? Where are you showing up the most right now? Uh, Instagram and TikTok is where I'm showing up the most. Um, Ashley Beeman across the board everywhere. If you just search me, I will pop up. Um, and that's where you can find me. And do you have, I know you said you're, you're kind of stepping back from online or group coaching um, programs right now. And you're doing one, a lot of one-on-one client or one-on-one, one-on-one client focus. Are you coming up with any offers or um, anything cool in the next couple months? Yes. Um, so I am right now focused on one-on-one. I do have some one-off packages too. If you just want to come in and strategize content for um, the next quarter or month or whatever it may be. Um, and then at the end of this year, I'm going to be launching a mastermind helping, um, new coaches launch their first offer and, um, get them to consistently hit three K months. So that's going to be the focus on that one. Ooh, I love that. So this podcast will come out probably a couple weeks um, before this mastermind launches. So if you're interested, if that sounds intriguing, you want to learn more, just scroll down below on your phone, on Spotify, click the link. You can connect with Ashley directly and, you know, start that conversation. And as always, thank you again for listening. 
If you like this episode, any part of the episode, please take a second, take a screenshot, tag us online. It really honestly helps. It is free advertisement for us, but it also just creates that ripple effect of, you know, exposing people to topics like we just spoke about, about sober curiosity, about manifestation, all these great things. And so we just appreciate that so much and have a magical day. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'd love to connect with you. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram to be entered in to $50 Amazon gift card. Please subscribe to be notified of all new episodes and don't forget to glow like you're meant to. Have a fabulous week.